It's all about Southampton. The So So Show with Zoe Hanson and Simon Clark. Hello and welcome to Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. It's a weekly dose of news and life in Southampton, hosted by her, Zoe Hanson. And him, Simon Clark. Now this week, we go behind the scenes of Southampton Pride. There were a lot of the young people dancing in front of the stage and I thought this is probably the first time in their lives they can be totally themselves in their own city. And Hampshire Business Show is back with a big name guest speaker. We're just so excited to have her there, to have her share some of her knowledge, expertise and tips in the world of business. How are the school holidays going? Are you surviving? I'm surviving. I'm surviving. I think I'm doing pretty well, actually. You look good. Thanks. You don't look tired and hassled and frazzled. <laughs> I have been, but yeah, I'm just <laughs> covering it over well. a little bit, you know. Um, but we had a day out and my daughter compared it to a day out at Disneyland Paris that we went on. So you've been to a theme park? No, it was no theme park. It was a shopping centre. We went to <laughs> West Quay for the day. Now, this, is, this was so lovely. Look, I don't expect these things, but sometimes people invite you to things and you think, oh, yeah, well, I'd love to do that. So we went to West Quay and they'd invited us for a tour around Hamley's, the new Hamley's store there. And it's so lovely because in Hamley's, you can play with all of the toys. Oh, wow. And they've got these remote controlled cars out there. There's bubble machines. There's like eight foot teddy bears hanging around and uh, all sorts of stuff. So it's like a bit of a dream for an eight-year-old. I think in an ideal world, you'd have let me take Lois to that because <laughs> I think we'd have got more out of it together. I think you'd enjoy it as well, Simon. I think you would. She, honestly, she was so wide-eyed walking in there. And then, and this is just brilliant. This is completely free. Outside West Key Watermark, what do we call it? Oh, I can't remember. West Key, the foodie bit. You know, outside the foodie bit, down there where they have all, like, the fountains and stuff by the old walls, right next to the Spritz Bar, they have built this beautiful enchanted labyrinth. And it's a huge, great maze. It's beautifully decorated. And when you walk in, there's some people that will give you um, a a card to mark so you have to find all of the mythical creatures and you can get a stamp it's like a it's like a proper old sort of steel stamp that they have to go and get right. from them um and then you have riddles as well as you walk around and you've got to solve all the riddles to go and get on the wizard's castle which is a helter skelter just don't tell them that. Um, and then they come down the hill to Skelter. This is such a brilliant, brilliant thing that we've got. It's completely free. It's the middle of Southampton. And you would never know. It's totally Instagrammable. What do you call it? Competitive socialising. That's the expression that Giles Semper used <laughs> when we chatted to him a few months ago. And it's my favourite expression. Competitive socialising. Well, this is it. This is competitive summer holidaying you know this is right we found this place there were a few families sort of around and about and you sort of come across each other a few times as you're trying to make your way through the maze and we were all sort of okay can you take a picture of us and we'll take a picture of you and oh it was just lovely and the sun was out it's just stunning absolutely stunning so we found all the mythical creatures we solved most of the riddles 
mainly because I spotted the answers on the sheet. <laughs> <laughs> but they're really quite hard, you know. So uh, we went through the maze. Then we went and had a drink at the Spritz bar. So she had a Coke, and um, which, is, which is like giving a kid alcohol, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you know, she's bouncing around. Maybe she should have had that before the maze. She would have done laps of it. I had an apparel Spritz. Is I that just, how you say it? I, I never can't ever get know. on with that drink. Well, it depends how you have it. Now, I possibly shouldn't have had it at that time of the day because I was on a day out with my eight-year-old. But it has Aperol, Prosecco and soda. It sort of knocked me head off. <laughs> but it was so lovely to sit out in the sunshine yeah. and, you know, just see smiling faces and just be out and whatever. Then we went for lunch at The Real Greek. Greek is a type of food that I never normally go for, but we were invited along. So we went and had flatbreads and hummus and chicken skewers and halloumi. Do you like halloumi? Yeah, I love halloumi. Squeaky cheese, bring it on. Squeaky cheese, right. So I uh, i don't like cheese. Oh. So we ordered it for Litland. Right. <laughs> she tried it and she said, oh, it's, it's quite like um, seafood sticks. Apart from it's not red and it doesn't taste the seafood. <laughs> she was clearly referring to the texture. <laughs> I just don't know what it was. Um, so we had a beautiful meal there, sat in the sunshine again. Mm. And then um, we went up to Showcase Cinema Deluxe and we went and watched Space Jam 2 in what my daughter calls the fancy cinema because they've got those lovely recri- reclining chairs and and I didn't fall asleep. Well done. I know, that is the first time we've been to the cinema and she hasn't had to wake me up because I'm snoring. <laughs> Well, it sounds like a wonderful, memorable experience on many levels. It really was. It really was. I, ju- I just, you know what? All these things that are sort of on your doorstep, you forget about that they're there because they're so local, I suppose. But just going for a wander around West Key, there was so much to see. And then with the maze as well, so much to do as well. So do you feel that you actually had a good holiday experience then? Yes. Because there was something in the papers today that said 70% of people do not consider themselves to have had a holiday unless it's abroad. Right. And I don't know why that is, whether it's that feeling of stepping off an aeroplane and being hit in the face by heat or what. But... It sounds like you did have, in that 24-hour period, a wonderful holiday experience here in Southampton. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? Like, I felt like we'd had an amazing time out, but both of us were knackered last night, like, really, really shattered. And I think that's probably it. Is I think when you holiday here or holiday at home, you go and do stuff and you do a lot of stuff. Whereas when you go abroad, you sit on a lounger and you feel like you've had a little rest. Do you know what I love about going on holiday? Go on. The only thing, I don't care where I go, it will feel like a holiday for me if I don't have to set foot in a kitchen. (laughs) If someone else is cooking and I'm not washing up, it's a dream holiday. Even if I'm in a tent in the middle of nowhere with butler service, that'll do me. Amazing. As long as I don't have to cook. So I'm supposed to be going to Mallorca. In a couple of weeks. You are. And it's all looking like it's quite good. Ah! The only thing I am totally, totally nervous about is coming back. So you've got to have a test two days before you come back. And if you test positive, I better not snog anyone, right? 
I'm going away with my parents anyway. Like, I'm going to go snogging <laughs> yeah, anyway. That's not going to happen. Jeez, man. Although you haven't got great childcare if you wanted to, so... <laughs> We're supposed to be going to Mallorca. Got to test two days before. If you test positive, you've got to quarantine there for 10 days. Now, your holiday, you love it because you're away and all of that stuff. And you can go and sit by the pool and you can go to the restaurant. But spending 10 days in that little room, mm, I don't know about that. I think I absolutely played a blinder by going to Gozo last year. Yes. Because, yes, I did have to end up being quarantined for two weeks when I returned. Yeah. And I didn't have to, but I did because yeah. it was the right thing to do and it was expected of me. But the conditions now and the paperwork you have to fill in and all the rest of it, I just wouldn't bother getting on the plane. All you have to do is fill out a form before you go. I'm double jabbed, so fill out a form to say where we're going to be staying. All right, that's fine. Two days before you come back, you go to a test centre or you do it on your phone and you have a test. Fingers crossed that's all right. When you get back, you have a test on day two. You have a test on day 10. That's it done. Are you daring to get excited about this holiday now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I won't believe it until we're actually there. And then when we're actually back. <laughs> and not in quarantine. Yeah. Let's introduce our first guest. It's Danny Langrish Beard. He is one of the directors of Southampton Pride, which will be happening soon. And with prides popping up all over the place, the first thing Zoe asked him is how Southampton ended up with one. It was 2016, and that was that terrible shooting in Orlando. There was a vigil in Southampton, um, in the Guildhall Square, and two ladies were there and kind of thinking, Southampton hasn't got a really good LGBT plus community. Okay. And all these people turned up to honour the, the, these people who had lost their lives. Right. And they were kind of thinking, we should really do something. Something should really happen about this. Um, one of them, um, who's my colleague now, is Julianne. He runs the stage door. And she had already booked out West Marlins Road for bank holiday weekend kind of thing. And she yeah. thought, well, why don't we make it a, why don't we get a pride event? That's where I kind of, they did a big meeting. I kind of went to the meeting. I kind of pushed my way in, kind yeah. of literally, <laughs> and said, I'm going to be involved. I don't care what I'm doing. Literally, yeah. if I'm sweeping the floor, I'm still going to be involved. And that's how it kind of came out. We had, in the end, only nine weeks to plan the first one. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> which was um, stressful. Um, we kind of blagged it. Um, but about 5,000 people came to the first one. That's which phenomenal. Was awesome. That's great numbers for a first event. It was awesome. And my one of my best bits about it was I volunteer at a youth group for LGBT youth called Breakout Youth. And there were a lot of the young people from there dancing in front of the stage. And I thought this is probably the first time in their lives they can be totally themselves in their own city. And I yeah. had something to do with that. And I was like, that's, that's good. You know, I felt oh. that I'd done something then. And it just got bigger and better. So um, the last one we had in 2019... Um, we had over 15,000 people, up to 18,000 people. We don't know exactly, but that kind of number of people came to, to celebrate. That's so cool. And, and so what goes on at Pride then? The main thing is we want people to celebrate. We want people to celebrate the community. We want to have everybody involved. There's no ticket price. We don't charge anybody for anything. So families can go, adults can go, allies can go, LGBT community are obviously the main focus. Yeah. Um, we have music all day. Um, this year is mainly by local bands. Yeah. Um, so we have we have two stages. One's a bit more chilled out called the So Stage and one's the big stage where 
Um, it's a bit more poppy, a bit more dancey and all that kind of stuff. There's one kind of in the, the main Guildhall Square and there's one a bit further in front of the Guildhall, so facing a different way. So right. you don't, there's two, not two sounds going on type thing. Oh yeah, I hate that and, at festivals. As you're walking past one tent on the left and one on the right and I'm like, I don't know which to dance to. Which way am I yeah. going? <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. And um, there's, there's stuff for kids to do. There's a little fairground, there's food and there's also stalls by local charities as well. Right. Um, local organisations and shops and all that kind of stuff so you can learn about stuff and learn why pride is important there's things like the breakout youth the one night that i'm involved in there's a, a stall for their chrysalis the transgender community they'll be there um and there's lots of different other things going on lots of different other stalls there's something going on in the library as well something going on in the ccc museum as well something going on in the lot in the um gallery as well all on the same day just a time just to chill out and have fun um there's a march a parade on okay. in the morning yeah. Um, that starts at 11am. And where does at, that start from? From Queen's Park by South Western House in the okay. bottom of town. We leave from there from 11. Everyone's invited to join it. And then we're going to walk up to basically the high street and up the high street through Bargate, up Bargate, up to the Guildhall, and then it all kicks off. It sends shivers down my spine because I just think it sounds so wonderful. And I've seen the pictures of years gone by and it's always an absolute spectacle, isn't it? It's just marvellous to be involved. Yeah, and I think... For me, when I first was like a confused LGBT young person, and I really didn't really feel like I I belonged anywhere, didn't I? Never felt like mm-hmm. it could be really me. And I'm not out there or you know necessarily think obscure, but I just never felt like I belonged anywhere. Right. And the first pride I went to, I suddenly thought, oh, this this is my crowd. This is me. I can yeah. totally be me and not be scared of how I dance, what I'm wearing anything I can be totally me and that's kind of where I look at it but whoever you are whatever gender whatever sexuality wherever you are in between or questioning or whatever it may be you can just be yourself Danny Langrish Beard one of the directors of Southampton Pride which sounds like it's going to be such a wonderful event doesn't it just and what was really funny was when I rang him to speak to him he was listening to Christmas songs he was listening to Do They Know It's Christmas. His favourite is the Kylie and Jason, I think it's 1985 version. And we were having a debate about which was the best version. There's another version, isn't there? Wasn't there Dizzy there was Rascal three, did, a, yeah. did a rap on it? It was 85, 89 and well, sometime when I was in Coventry. But right. Kylie and Jason were in the second one. Yes. And we were saying that maybe coming up to Christmas, there should be a Do They Know It's Christmas night somewhere where they just play all the versions. <laughs> You're saying no, aren't well, you? What are you, you going to do for the other 45 minutes in the hour? <laughs> play them again! <laughs> but fair play to him. He was listening to Christmas songs completely out of season. I noticed that John Lewis have launched their Christmas range of decorations this year. Yes. Seven different themes. Oh. Not- do you change the theme? No, of course I don't. I just stick all the decorations the kids have made for the last 10 years on it and it looks yeah. like a complete mess. <laughs> in fact, in fact, my 17-year-old said last Christmas, I can't wait to get my own tree because then I'm going to make it look consistent. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. The football season starts again this weekend. It does. And, and it's going to be without Danny Ings. It is. It is. And I, I, I look, I, I get everybody's sadness that Danny Ings has gone, right? He was a big part of the team. But this story just made me laugh a little bit. There's a bloke who ordered a Danny Ings shirt. So he's got a Southampton shirt. He's got Danny Ings written on the back of it. He hasn't got it yet. 
and they won't change the name on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you poor thing. You went too soon. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what, though? I mean, Danny Ings has served us well and we've sold him for more than we bought him. Right. So what's not to love? That's an investment, right? Exactly. It's very much like a pension plan, isn't he, Danny Ings? And we must say <laughs> hi to our friends on the Total Saints podcast. Oh, yes. They've had a new signing this year. Martin Stark is the new host. He's taken over from Ben. And he will be absolutely brilliant. The first episode sounds really good. They're oh, gelled great. together really well. I can't wait to hear them after the first game of the season. And of course, Saints traditionally, traditionally never win their first game of the season. <laughs> is that right? That's the way it is. Oh, yeah. They like to leave it until the last minute. Although last, at the beginning of last season, they did great, didn't they? They were at the top of the league, right? Up until the point about nine players got injured. Oh. And that's when it all turned around. And that's when we fielded that new lad who got sent off within 60 seconds. Do oh, you remember? yes. <laughs> Well, fingers crossed oh for a good season for Saints anyway. It's certainly a roller coaster being a Southampton FC fan, isn't it? Yes, yes. I was in town the other day and I started talking to a parking attendant. Do you know what? I thought, I bet nobody actually just chats to you for the sake of it. I bet everybody's <laughs> just moaning at you. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to say hello. So um, I was having a little chat with her and I was saying about Southampton being, as I said to you before, Simon, Southampton is possibly the last place in the country to get pay by phone and and what difference that has made. And she was like, yeah, it seems all right, actually. And it means that people aren't rushing back. And but she said, but people do look at me, you know, quite sort of um, suspiciously. (laughs) You've got to have a thick skin to be a parking assistant. Yes. Did I tell you about the time that I'd been shopping in West Quay, parked down by the castle walls? Right. And had about three minutes left on my ticket. Okay. And just as I got close to the car, I could see there was a parking warden goal hanging my car. Oh, no. It obviously clocked the time on the ticket. Yeah. So I hid behind one of the ramparts on the wall, <laughs> took a photo of them, which obviously then turns up every year now on my time right. on Facebook, and casually strolled over with about 30 seconds left on the ticket. Ooh. All right. Got in the car, <laughs> drove off. But I always worry that the the time on my phone will be different to what the time is on theirs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it doesn't matter if it's as long as as long as your phone is correct. And nine times out of ten, smartphones are these days. Yeah. But yeah, I, I deprived the poor fella of an easy fine <laughs> by hiding behind a rampart. You child. <laughs> I, took I so bet much... you didn't have a chat with him either, did no, you? No, I took so much delight in depriving him. <laughs> he obviously thought he was onto some easy money there. Oh, if they were on a commission basis, like, you poor, poor guy. I think sometimes local councils make enough money out of parking. <laughs> What about all of the extra money they get if it's £1.60 and you stick two quid in? They're 40p up straight away. They don't give you an extra 40 pence with a time on the ticket, do they? No. No, they don't. And that is Simon's word on it, right? Can you imagine how much less stressful it would be if you go shopping if you're allowed to have the extra 40 pence? as time on your ticket. You're sounding like we're in some sort of council chamber right now. (laughs) It'll never happen because they make so much money out of the extra change. Because now they don't get that if you're paying by phone. But the great thing about doing it by phone is that you can renew it or you can add time to it and all that stuff so it's brilliant. Yeah, although they don't like add an extra 10 minutes, it's add an extra hour. (laughs) But anyway, 
Our next guest this week on the So-So Show is the event and sale manager of the Hampshire Business Show, which is back this year, and it has a big-name guest speaker. Emily told Zoe all about the event. In a nutshell, basically, it's where businesses from Hampshire and across the border really come to collaborate, network, make those new connections and win new business, ultimately. Where does it take place and when? So it's at the Aegeus Bowl in Southampton on the 14th of October. Is this like a show, like, I don't know, the Ideal Home Show or something like that? Is it, <laughs> is it you know, people have stands? So we have about 100 exhibitors who are all on their own stands and we have around about thousand attendees so you've obviously got the businesses on their stands who are having those conversations um, and you've got the visitors walking around but we also have some really great speakers that are coming to join us this year such as Karen Brady which I'm really excited about Wow uh, yeah that will be fantastic when you book a speaker like Karen Brady mm-hmm. do they decide what they're going to talk about or do you or is it sort of a conversation that happens yeah so I'll be honest she decides what what she talks about we're just so excited to have her there to have her share some of her knowledge expertise and tips in the world of business really yeah and how to get onto the apprentice right also that yeah (laughs) the dream (laughs) so you've got karen brady who else is going to be speaking so we've also got brad burton for a second year this year which is really exciting he's the uk's number one motivational speaker he is such an interesting character he's so motivational it's it's literally truly unreal um so yeah he's back with us for a second year this year and i can't wait to hear him talk what do you find are the most popular things at the hampshire business show the great thing about the hampshire business show is that it's not niche in any way shape or form it's obviously business to business focused so any business that can sell their product or service into another business is welcome and they typically do really well at the show so we get a lot of people from sort of accountancies or financial sectors legal digital i some hospitality as well so it really is varied and you said about networking so if you've got a thousand people coming to the show and they're all going networking how do you work that out you just put them in a room and say right go talk (laughs) so a couple of features that we have that makes us slightly different from other shows is we have our own app that we use and we have something called our meet me zone so basically in the run-up to the show what happens is you'd be able to download the app and you'd also be able to see who is also coming to the show who's ready as an attendee and you'd be able to make those connections it's like its own mini LinkedIn really so you'd be able to make those connections and start having those conversations before you even get to the show and then you can say do you know what fancy meeting me in the meet me zone at half past 12 for a lot of coffee and a chat and that's exactly what that's there for to get people to have those conversations in that one place it very much sounds like me on a girls night (laughs) (laughs) come find me please Have we been out before? I I think it's just a typical female night out, isn't it, really? It sounds absolutely brilliant. And the the feedback that you've got from previous shows, Mm. what's that been like? It's honestly been really good. I mean, nothing's ever perfect. There's always room for improvement. But the feedback we have had has been absolutely amazing. And any sort of constructive criticism has always been taken on board. And we're always striving to make it better and better year on year. So just give us those dates again. So it is the 14th of October. 
October at the Aegeus Bowl in Southampton. Obviously, the last one that you ran was in 2019. Mm. Will there be sort of certain changes because of COVID restrictions? Yeah, I mean, of course, it's obviously in the forefront of everyone's mind, mind at the moment, isn't it? So one thing that's really important to us is if we don't feel we'll be able to deliver the experience that we know the Hampshire Business Show can, we probably will postpone it because we want our exhibitors to be happy and we want to give people the experience that we know they deserve for coming to the Hampshire Business Show. Well, that sounds like it's going to be a really good event. Thank you, Emily, the event and sales manager of the Hampshire Business Show, for talking to us about this year's event. Oh, they are brilliant, aren't they? It just sounds fantastic. Um, Some other stuff that's been going on this week. uh, The So Lotto, do you remember we had them on? Oh, yeah. Talking about it being launched. It is now live. You can go and buy your tickets. It's £1 a ticket and then 60p of that pound will go to local charities. There's a 25 grand jackpot. First draw is in September. So go and get involved with that. Um, I might have tempted fate as well, Simon. Oh, right. You know, I said that we had two hamsters staying. Yeah. Okay, so we have George, boy hamster. We had to stay Iris, girl hamster. And never the twain shall meet. Never the twain shall meet. And I'm, uh, no, I'm pleased about that. You know, either fighting or loving, we don't want either, do we? No. Iris got out of the ball. No! In the kitchen. No! It went quiet, and then I heard footsteps coming up the stairs. They weren't the hamster. They were my daughter going, (gasps) I've lost the hamster! No! I mean, your heart sinks when it's your hamster. Your heart sinks even more when you're looking after somebody else's. This is what we've always talked about. So were you about to ring your dad and get him to come over and take <laughs> your kitchen apart? <laughs> yes. I was uh, well, I was trying to calm Lois down and, and she was panicking. And I said, right, just put some food out on the floor. And she said, I think she's probably got up into the cupboard. But she, it was like a corner cupboard. Um, and there's a tiny little bit beside that cupboard, which is sort of nothingness. And we put the food out and then we called her and all of a sudden just saw this little nose with all its whiskers (laughs) twitching coming out of the end of the cupboard. And out she came and I was like... It happened to be on the day that they were coming to pick her up as well. You're so lucky. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I know, (laughs) I know. There was a photo I saw on Twitter the other day of a family who lost their hamster and and it was gone for about three or four days and they thought, that's it, it's gone. And then they'd done some painting and decorating, left a paint tray out. Uh. Next morning they got up, small hamster footprints across the kitchen floor, so at least they knew it was still around and then eventually they caught it. (laughs) That's brilliant. But don't give up hope. If it's gone, it may well be there still. It'll just be hiding and biding its time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, we found her anyway. Hurrah. Hooray. And now she's back home. Right. Um, other things going on. If you are looking for stuff to do over the summer holidays, Winchester Science Centre have their underwater agent show and lots of explosion demonstrations as well. well. That sounds like a lot of fun. Doesn't it? Importance of being earnest is on at Fursey Gardens until September the 4th. Uh, Ruby's. Um, this is just underneath Grand Cafe. It's that beautiful cocktail bar. They've got jazz there on Sundays now. And upstairs in Grand Cafe, they've got their bottomless Ibiza brunch. 
the afternoon teas with the Globe Girls. Um, it all sounds just so, so lovely. I think it's afternoon tea week this week, isn't it? So it that's is. possibly why that's going on. Yes, it's very, very nice. So check it out. Grand Cafe, Ruby's, Fursey Gardens and Winchester Science Centre. And don't forget to get yourself down to the Enchanted Labyrinth outside West Quay, the food bit. Um, it's all completely free and it's just a brilliant afternoon out. I want to ride down the wizard's town. Yeah. And that's not a euphemism. That sounds terrible. <laughs> well, listen, thank you for listening. And please do drop by our socials if you're not already following us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram or on YouTube or on LinkedIn. Please do find us, get in touch. Let us know that you're enjoying the podcast. And if you've seen anything in the city that you think we should be talking about, please do tip us off and we'll give it a mention. Yes, perfect. And you know what? we've given away tickets this week to high score arcades oh brilliant and people just love that place so this is the place where rather than going in and having to give your children 10 quid every two minutes you pay about 10 pounds and you get a whole hour to just go on what you want it's fantastic their socials look a lot of fun yeah find our socials if you'd like to win tickets to go to the high school arcade have a great week zoe and you simon and you you've been listening to zoe hansen and simon clark on southampton's podcast the so so show 